0: Well, we are closing out our Reclaim the Table series. It's Thanksgiving week. So I thought it'd be very appropriate to have some pumpkin pie and a little bit of whipped cream. Just a little. I'm just, I'm on a diet right now, so I got to be careful. I just realized it's all over me. Uh, It's my annual, how many, how many eat pumpkin pie one time a year? Raise your hand. One time, here, yeah. This is my plus one. Mm, mm-mm. All right. We'll save that for later. Thanksgiving. That didn't work the way I thought it would. All right. Thanksgiving's coming up. You're going to be eating with all sorts of people, friends, family, hopefully people you like and love, maybe a few enemies mixed in there. But we want you on your best behavior. We want you reclaiming the table. It's a great opportunity for you to have a large table. How many know it's a large table for Thanksgiving? of Americans will eat at a table with more than 12 people at it for Thanksgiving. Uh, We'll spend $2.4 billion on Thanksgiving stuffing our faces, all right, with the average uh, Thanksgiving meal costing right around $60. How many know my family's way above average? My brother cooks like four turkeys for us anyways, but um, we'll eat the meal in about 16 minutes. Do you realize that? takes about seven hours to cook, and we'll eat it. And sit, sit. All right, break out the reclaim the table cards, all right? Extend the meal. We'll eat 51 million turkeys, I mean, and 96% of Americans will celebrate this. And uh, who wants to know how many calories the average person consumes? I'm going to tell you, plug your ears. 4,500 calories in one meal. That's just crazy. But I love what Louis Anderson said. He said, hey, 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 don't worry about it. Eat all you want. He said, you can't get skinny in one day and you can't get fat in one day. I like that. That's good logic. All right. So two things about Thanksgiving. Let's just enjoy uh, this Thanksgiving meal. And I I know this. I enjoy Thanksgiving better when I have paid for someone else's Thanksgiving meal. And so at all of our campuses, we have the reclaim the table mugs. And uh, if you buy one of these for $10, uh, all that proceeds will go to uh, Good in the Hood. Now, I just want to call an audible here and do this. Um, Beck and I are going to buy this mug right here. We're going to buy this mug, but we're going to pay $60 for this mug because that's how much the average uh, Thanksgiving meal is. So I'm just going to pay $60 for it. And the extra will go to provide meals for Thanksgiving. So I'll just say this. You can pay anything you want for your Reclaim the Mug, Reclaim the Table Mug. And anything over what we promised Good in the Hood, what we are going to give them, we will give to Inner City Life Center and we'll buy more meals for people at Thanksgiving. How many know turkey tastes better that way, right? So... We want to do that. Now, the second thing about uh, our Thanksgiving meal is let's not just be thankful on that one day. We have a lot to be thankful for. We can live a life of thanksgiving. I would call it thanks living. That's the way we should be, thanks living. We have a lot to thank God for our life, the grace that he gives us, the love that we get from others, the love that we give to others, the way we've been blessed to be a blessing. And so I just pray that this Thanksgiving, it'll be an amazing, amazing time for you, your family, your friends, and we will reclaim the table and and we'll see what God does. Use those cards, have that moment, and then let's live it out every day, remembering to pray at every meal to pray over every meal, to stop and pause and pray over those meals, uh, to try to have as many family dinners as we can have together. And to also, um, in this series, we've been using the hashtag Reclaim the Table. I think you can use that hashtag year-round and saying, hey, we're reclaiming the table. We're doing this. It doesn't end here. The message continues on. So today we're reclaiming the table as we close out the series for outreach. And uh, we realize this, that when we look at the table in the times of Jesus, Jesus eats with anyone. Jesus eats with anyone. And I I, I love the insight that Tim Chester gives in his book, A Meal with Jesus. I use a lot of his stuff for insights with this, but he talks about Jesus ate with anyone. It always seems like Jesus was at a meal, going to a meal, just finishing a meal. It was always Jesus was eating over and over again. And Jesus would allow all sorts of people to eat with him. And I think that some people feel that the church wouldn't allow them to come in. like They're like, I don't know if Jesus would eat with me. I don't know if the church would welcome me in. Come on, church. I pray that we're the friendliest church in our communities. I pray that people know that they could come in, that we would welcome everyone. Just like Jesus would eat with everyone, we welcome people to come to this table to see what Jesus is all about and we want you to know that you're welcome at this table. I mean, you might look at the Bible. You might look at the Old Testament and see that it looks like People were angry and mean, and, 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 and sometimes they got an attitude towards outsiders. I don't want that to be our posture. I want our, our attitude to be welcome, welcome. Yeah. It wasn't just the Old Testament. It was disciples. How many know that Jesus' disciples were like, why is he talking to her? He's talking about food and, and living water with her? I mean, they're wondering, like, what is he doing? His own disciples were like, get the kids out of here. Get them out of here. Move them away. Get them out. How many know that kids are welcome at the table? How many, how many thank God for the day that you got upgraded from the kid table at Thanksgiving? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, you didn't have to eat at the rickety car table on the piano bench. And you got to go over there and eat with like real plates. And you're like, oh. And you felt bad for the one last teenager that got stuck at the kid table that's like, I hate you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. That, let's welcome them in to the table. Everyone's welcome to the table. Now we're going to look in the Gospel of Luke at a couple different stories. But as we look at Luke, I'll start with Luke 15. There were religious people and they were noticing who Jesus was eating with. But remember, Jesus is eating with anyone. It says this, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They were just disturbed. They were like, oh no, in in Matthew they say, he's like a friend of sinners a title that they are trying to disparage him with that actually turns out to be something that is 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 life-giving that we understand Jesus was the friend of sinners Jesus would eat with anyone now you got to understand at the time of Jesus who you ate with was part of your religion Who you ate with was part of your religion. It was, there were clear people that you could eat with. These people are yes people, and these people are no people. You can eat with them, and you can't eat with these people. And it basically was, if you were Jewish, they could eat with you. If you were not Jewish, they could not eat with you. If you were authorized, if you were living a sinful life, and they could see this in their culture, like if you had a job that was considered sinful, out can't eat with you. They couldn't eat with the poor. They couldn't eat with the people that were beggars. They couldn't eat with people that were sick. And so they were clear, these are the people we eat with. These are the people we don't eat with. And Jesus comes in on the scene and he knows, like, God wants everyone to eat at his table. God wants everyone to have this opportunity to eat at his table. And so this is going on. And so he's saying, hey, I want them to come in. They can eat at this table because, see, Jesus understood that there is joy in heaven when one sinner repents. And he's like, I want people coming to the table. I want people coming closer to God. I don't want to push people away. So he's saying anyone and everyone. Several theologians believe that Jesus was crucified and the anger from the people was there because of who he ate with. He wasn't playing by the rules. He was eating with the wrong people and didn't Jesus understand? And it created such a deep anger in them. In Luke chapter five, Jesus was eating with a tax collector named Levi. They didn't like his company. And they they said, you know, like this guy, he's, he's with the tax collector and with sinners, with sinners. And it's interesting, they added the sinners, they said, you know, we're going to make him even as bad as we can. They're like, he's eating with tax collectors and sinners. I'm telling you what, people don't need any more labeling. They already feel like bad. They're like, will you welcome me in? Hey, welcome. Welcome to the family. Come on and eat with us. In Luke 19, he's eating with Zacchaeus, but before he eats with Zacchaeus, how many remember that song from like Sunday school? Zacchaeus was a, we, yeah, right. Zacchaeus, you come, you know, you got to do it, right? He's eating. Jesus goes up to Zacchaeus and walks up to a guy that was seen as somebody that was unclean in their culture. And nobody would even go up to the tree for fear that something would fall out of the tree and fall on them and make them unclean. So they're avoiding Zacchaeus. They want to go near him. And Jesus goes right over to him, says, hey, get down here. I want to eat with you. Something's going to happen at the table. Something incredible is going to happen at your table. And at that table, Zacchaeus comes to life in Christ. He understands what the relationship with God is like. In that moment, he's like, Jesus, I just want you to know that right now, I I want to give 50% of of everything I have. I want to give 50% to the poor. And I would say that that probably was the first kingdom builder dinner. How many know what I'm talking about? Right there, 50%. Which, by the way, can I just say this to the whole church? Thank you for your generosity in Kingdom Builders. You know, Zacchaeus was required to give 10% tithe, and then 10% more was seen as extremely generous. And I just want to share that in our Kingdom Builders. Man, when people give a tithe and then they go above and beyond, if you get to 10% more, that's extremely generous. And our church has been extremely generous. And I just want to say as our, our miracle offering was given, as we're receiving that more, more will come in. We'll announce it in a couple of weeks. But thank you for the, for the kingdom builder generosity that's on you, that you say, God, I understand what I'm here for. I understand my heart's been touched. I'm not going to do minimums. I'm going to go and do this. And so Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to give four times more. I, I just, I want to be generous, God. You understand at this table, my life was changed. And I believe that Jesus wants to change people's lives at the table. I believe that. In Luke 7, this is where I want to go and, and camp out on this story, but Luke is just full of eating and going and eating. In Luke 7, Jesus is eating with religious Pharisees and he's eating with people that would be called sinners and people that, you know, he's eating here and there you'll see this story. There's somebody that was a, a former prostitute that is right there at this meal. And you're wondering how in the world does Jesus eat with all these people around? And I'll explain it to you. But in Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 36, it says... When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume." As she stood there, stood behind him at at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both of them. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And he says, you have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What an incredible story about a dinner, and you're trying to put it in context. Like, how in the world was she there, and how did she get in, and how did she cry? And I'll give you the context of how this was going on. Jesus was invited to the home of a very wealthy Pharisee, and this Pharisee was just inviting the celebrity of the day. I I called this Pharisee Simon. He really was a celebrity collector. There's people that just, like, want to invite rich people to their dinner. They want to invite celebrities to their dinner. Our culture hasn't changed. We still do the same thing. If you go online right now, you could search celebrity auctions and you could buy one hour to pitch your story to one of the people from Shark Tank and you can donate to charity. You can pay, right now, the going bid is $7,500 to have dinner and a ball game with Mark Cuban. If you donate enough money, you can sleep at the White House, all right? You can, you can do that. There's just this celebrity keep, you know, people are paying big money for this and they're saying, you know, I, I was able to do this. A matter of fact, I was speaking at an event not long ago and there were three speakers at this big event, and the first speaker got up. He's like, yes, I was at the White House one time praying for President Obama. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. The next speaker got up, and he's like, I was at the White House just recently. I was praying for President Trump. I was like, that's awesome. I'm the third speaker. I got up there, and I said, I've been to the Waffle House lately. Never been to the White House praying for the waitress. At the... Anyways, give it up for the Waffle House. Yeah. All right. And White Castle. So, White... Oh, anyway, all right. All right. But there There's this, he's a celebrity collector. He's like, I want you to come to my place and I I want you to just come on into my place. And you can tell that he disrespects Jesus, that he's really just a celebrity collector. He's just somebody who wants Jesus at his dinner, okay? He doesn't really like Jesus, but he just wants him there. And here's why. In their custom, when Jesus walked in, he was supposed to take both hands, put it on Jesus' shoulder and give him a kiss. It was a welcome kiss. It was part of custom. He was then supposed to have someone wash Jesus' feet because they wore sandals. And he's like, it was a custom he was supposed to do. He doesn't do that. He was also supposed to give him a little bit of perfume because everybody at a dinner party would get the same perfume put on them so that everybody at the dinner table smelled the same. Okay? And he doesn't do any of that. And so he's completely disrespecting Jesus in this moment. And you wonder, how did this lady get into the dinner? Well, here's what would happen. They would have lower tables, and they would lean onto the lower table like this. And they would have their feet behind them. They'd be actually like laying on the ground, leaning onto the table, eating and passing the food, eating with their right hand and passing the food around. People were allowed to come into the meal and go around the perimeter of the room that were not there to eat, but they were allowed to watch what was going on at the dinner. It was like live streaming of their day. You know what I'm saying? So they're live streaming the dinner and they'd come in and they'd be there. So this lady is is allowed to come into the meal and stand behind Jesus. And as she's standing behind Jesus, the Bible tells us that she starts to cry and she starts to wash his feet and she starts to kiss his feet. And she's not just crying a little bit. The word that's used for crying is like rainstorm. She is crying, crying, and then she's kissing his feet. And then she goes and and does something that totally breaks all the rules. She lets down her hair to wash his feet, which in their culture was seriously, seriously bad. I'm not trying to make this more alarming, but it was, it would be the equivalent of like somebody took off their top. It was that immoral in their culture. It was like, <gasps> and they're just terrified. Like, what did she do? Matter of fact, if you were go to Egypt today, it's, it's similar. They're like, keep your hair up. You can wear whatever you want as long as you keep your hair up. But if your hair is down, that's immoral. Okay, that's what's going on in this. And then she takes the perfume and breaks the perfume and pours it on his feet. Isn't it interesting? All the things that Simon was supposed to do, she does. She kisses, but not his face, his feet. She washes his feet with her hair. She, She goes and pours the perfume on Jesus, breaks the whole jar. I guess the whole room got in on the smell. And they all got the perfume in a way. It's an amazing thing. And Simon is thinking, man, prophets should know better. Like if this guy, Jesus, is really who he says he should be is, then this guy should know who's washing his feet. And this lady is a sinful woman. She was walking the streets not that long ago. Jesus doesn't have a clue what's going on. And Jesus is thinking, if Simon knew who was eating with him right now, he'd get in on grace. He's saying, this lady understands she owed a lot and has been forgiven. You owe a little and you think you're in on your good works. You need grace just like she does. Grace is at that moment and Jesus is saying, guess what? Grace is leaving the temple and it's coming to the table. It's coming to the table. And he says that to us today. You, you may not be able to bring your friends to the church, a modern day temple of you, but it's a place of worship. You might not be able to bring your friends here, but guess what? Grace can go to the table. How many know that you can invite people over and over and over again? You're like, man, come to church, come to church, come to church. come. To they won't do it. But you say, come to dinner. They're like, what time? We had neighbors uh, in our old neighborhood. We, we tried to get them to come to church. We were like, will you come to church with us? No. How about Easter? No. How about a special thing with the kids? No. How about, I, I actually offered them money. I said, would you be a mystery shopper and come to our church and check out our church and then give me an evaluation. I'll pay you $25 to come to church and just check us out. They're like, no, no, thanks. You know, I said, want to come to dinner? They're like, sure. All right, let's do this. And they came to dinner. You know, I was like, you know, I, and I didn't like shove Jesus down their throat. How do you know even just saying, hey, we're going to pray before the meal was like eye-opening to them. I was like, can we pray before the meal? They're like, sure. And they're like, ah, uh, uh, you know, they didn't know what to do. You know, like, you know, and so we prayed and I said, do you ever go to church? Never, ever, ever. But guess what? Grace came to the table. That's what Jesus was saying. Grace is coming to the table. And when grace is at that table, it cleanses whatever's going on. See, because when grace shows up at a dirty dinner table, Grace wins. Grace wins. He says, "It's OK, and I wish this. I wish our pastors in our church, I wish we could eat with the worst of sinners in our church, but I don't know how we'd figure that out, you know, <laughs> Fill out an application. <laughs> Sorry, you just qualified for dessert. You were so close to being the worst, but they somebody at the 9:30 service. way worse, you know I all mean, right? I don't know how you do that,. But you know what I'm uh, that's, that's our heart. We want to eat with people. We want to say, you're welcome at this church. Let grace leave the building and let it show up to the table. Yeah. I'll never forget, I was in Scotland and this guy was standing talking to me at Baggage Claim and he's like, man, you know, you're a cool guy. What do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. He's like, awesome. He's like, do you want to go have a beer together? And I was like, I, I got this church event I'm speaking at. You know, I got to go. He's like, all right, but I would have a beer with you. And I wasn't offended. I was like, I understood what he's saying, like, I think you're the kind of pastor that eats with anyone. I think you're the kind of guy that eats, and I, I would eat with you. Like, I think you'd bring grace to the table. Now, there's a tension there in the Bible times, and there's still a tension here with us about who's going to be at the table, who can we eat with, and I think we need to give a lot of grace and leeway of who we eat dinner with. Eating dinner with somebody is not an endorsement of their entire lifestyle, okay? It really isn't. I'm just eating dinner. I'm bringing grace to the table. I'm bringing truth to the table. And and I I think about this. If we had a friend that was a nurse that worked with terminally ill ill patients, we'd say, you're a saint that you'd go into the worst place and the the worst place, and you go and you serve there. And yet when people go and eat with sinners, we judge them as horrible people. I think we should say, praise God, that you're willing to go there. Now, one morning, though, if you go and you eat with people and you bring grace to the table— don't trim away the truth. Don't trim away the truth. When you're there in that moment, be sure that you bring the truth to that situation. Because I don't think Jesus went to the table of sinners and didn't tell the truth. I think he told them in a loving way and grace showed up there, but I don't think he was like saying, oh, that's fine, we'll let that slide. I can tell you, I've had to practice what I preach. I had an opportunity to be a part of a a dinner party that I had no right getting, I mean, just, I got invited to dinner party and I, I don't want to betray who was there, but there were TV celebrities and all sorts of people that were there. I was there with another pastor friend of mine and we're at this dinner and we said we could either be caught up in celebrity or we could realize that we're here for a reason And we thought we're here for a reason. Before you know it, we start counseling with a person. Next thing you know, we're over by the pool table and we're talking with this guy and his wife is sick. We lay hands on him. We're praying for healing for his wife. A little bit later, we're over in another spot and my friend feels like he has a prophetic word and speaks to a celebrity and has a prophetic word. You know, we're talking about things start shifting at about midnight. All of a sudden, one of the people said, hey, what if Pastor Rob comes back tomorrow at eight in the morning and does church for us? And I'm like, let's do this. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. Eight in the morning, out by the pool. We're having church because we're not going to trim the truth when we're around people like that. Love, truth, grace, when it shows up at the table, something good happens. God does something with it. See, because Jesus ate with anyone and he lived with his disciples. I'm telling you, we have an opportunity to go out and bring grace to the table and not trim the truth. We have 21 meals a week. Man, we have 21 meals. I pray that we wouldn't waste them. I pray that we'd use them. I pray that you'd use holidays and special days and, you know, national night out and neighborhood parties and weddings. And, and let me add this like baptisms and, and child dedications. When you're having your children dedicated at church or you're being water baptized at church, man, turn it into a party. Turn it into, everybody's coming to see the baptism. I'm standing up for Jesus. And afterwards, we're going to have a party. Let's do this. Let's go do it. Let's let's celebrate what God has done and see what can happen when you bring grace to the table. Yeah. I, I just believe that we should take advantage of this. You should invite your friends. You should invite people that are in your workplace. You should invite all sorts of people. The uh, study that was done by the AARP, it wasn't just for retired people, but it was all people. They said, 35% of Americans are lonely. They're just lonely. And you need to invite them. There are people that are out there that are lonely and are saying, hey, invite us to the meal. Invite us to the table. And I just want to say this. Um, I've been talking about the Reclaim the Table series with my mom. And, and, you know, I felt guilty. We haven't had enough dinners with mom. And so we're going to take her out later. And uh, I just want to say this. If you see my mom, take her to dinner. That's what I'm saying. All campuses, be on the alert. For Isabel Ketterling, all right? And take her to eat. She's a woman of wisdom. It's worth at least $100. I'm telling you right now, all right? It is. And I will give you a warning, though. If you love Jesus, she's your best friend. If you are a sinner and don't know Jesus, but you want to lean into Jesus, I mean, you could be the worst sinner, but if you are just like leaning into God, she's your best friend. If you are a phony for God, do not take her out to eat. Don't do it. She will tear you up. Don't do it, all right? You have been warned. All right, don't do it, all right. Man, invite people out. The other day we had a service and a, a single mom gave her life to Jesus and her kids were with her and there was a family at the altar praying with her and they said, we'd just love to take you out to you. Where do you want to go? We'll take you anywhere. And the kids go, Culver's. And they're like, we'll take you anywhere. And they're like, Culver's. And they're like, we meant anywhere. <laughs> and they're like, Culver's. All right, we're going for Culver's. All right, all right. Hey, man, we're going to open up our table. Grace is going to show up at the table. And you don't have to ram Jesus down their throat. Grace is showing up if you're there. And you look for those opportunities. I'm telling you what, you belong to a church that is active for God that would give you plenty of things to talk about. Talk about your global team. Talk about your life team. Talk about your life group. Talk about all the things, the places that are going on in ministry on the weekend. Talk about all these things that are happening. We have an active church that you have stories to tell. I really believe this. I really believe that God wants us to bring grace to the table. And a lot of us are like, well, I'm going to be ready to defend the truth. No, here's the deal. Just bring the light to the table. Bring the light. I'll say this, bring the light and not the fight bring the light. Now, at Thanksgiving, please don't fight with your family. Don't fight with your family. Bring the light, bring the reclaim cards, man. Uh, if it starts to get heavy, go to a new card, you know, switch it up. Let, that's what we're trying to do. And I would just encourage you, you don't have to be an expert at hospitality. I mean, some of us feel like we have to compete with Martha Stewart. How many know what I'm talking about? Pinterest, you got to, you know, compete they have a thing called scruffy hospitality now. It's just like, hey, the meal is what it's all about. We're not worried about how perfect the house looks, all right? Scruffy hospitality. I know some people have that gift. You know, you show up at their house, they're like, oh, welcome, this is the ice sculpture that the kids and I we just crafted before you got here. We're serving free-range chicken that we fed by hand since infancy, and we plucked them just a moment ago, and vegetables grown in our garden. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, okay, all right. Brought you a gift, a mug, you know, (laughs) reclaim the table. All right, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what the word hospitality means? It means friends and strangers coming together and making strangers friends. And that's what God's saying. I want to make strangers friends. I want to bring you in. I want to bring you in. I brought grace to this table. And Jesus says in Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. Beautiful picture. He wants to do more than dinner. He's saying, I want to make a stranger a friend. More than that, Jesus says, I want to make a stranger a child of God. I want to make somebody who has a past or a reputation or a title they want to get rid of, I want to make them clean. I want to forgive them. And I'm praying that we would just say, God, help us to make strangers friends, to make strangers family. If they won't come to the place of worship, help us to bring grace to them in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us to do that. I pray that we'd realize we can reclaim the table. We can reclaim the table. We can make space for you to move. We can invite our friends. We can invite coworkers. We can invite family. And we can reclaim the table. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to reclaim it this day and every day for outreach, to reach more people, to bring the light to people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.